welcome to episode number 22 of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ. This is where we look at our identity as Christians and we talk about what that means in today's world and we are excited that you have decided to join us today. I am Brian Dill and with me as always is the affable Jackson Wells. What's up guys? (laughs) What does that word mean? (laughs) I was wondering if you would even know what that one meant. That's that means friendly, approachable. Okay, Okay. I think that's true. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, today, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode is released, it's Memorial Day. And this is one of those days in which we honor uh, the the military, those who have served our country in the military, but especially uh, those who gave their lives in service to, to the country. And we are, of course grateful to all of those jackson do you do you have anyone in your family that ever served or anything of that i have nature? i have currently i have a cousin who's serving okay and then uh, my grandfather served in the military briefly and uh, his he's he's got a pretty cool story but the the story that i'm most familiar with is my great grandfather's he was it a soldier in World War II. Okay, your great-grandfather my was great- in World War II? Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's how young you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, <laughs> he he got to draw straws for where he would end up. Like oh, they, right. they did training and they literally drew straws. Sure, sure. And one of the straws was a guard at a place in Kentucky. And okay. And that is where he... He ended up being so out of all the places he could have ended up he ended up about an hour from home okay wow and wow and he got to uh, he was a prison guard and there were uh, german pow's that were sent over and so I, I don't know any of the conversations that they had but he said it was just you know 20 something year old german person right. having a conversation it's like once once the once they were captured, they were just regular people, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's, yeah. It's pretty cool to, to think that, you know, he could he could have gone over to absolutely to fight. Yeah, I, you just I, never know. And I probably wouldn't be here if he right. had. That, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so it's just it's just crazy the circumstances that yeah you know that were had. But. My my dad served and he had a similar story in that they had to draw straws, but it was Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, he he out of his entire unit. Um, there was only three or four that were not going to Korea. Mm-hmm. And his commanding officer just said, I can't make that choice, so we're just going to draw straws. And my dad drew Indianapolis. Indianapolis. And so, so he went there uh, for a couple years, finished out his term, and then moved back home to yeah. North Carolina. So It's awesome. All right, well, uh, let's get this episode started. So as we begin with this week's episode, we want to talk about things that we remember. We're talking about Memorial Day, a time of remembering. So Jackson, I'm sure at some point you had to memorize things. Yes. So growing up, we had the the sticker chart in Bible school, you know, where you had to... Oh, for memory verses? Yeah. So okay. mem- memory verses right. were were a, a thing that I think most people who grew up going to church at, yes. at a small country church anyways <laughs> experienced. Uh, Absolutely. So, so I definitely remember memorizing that. I, Your favorite verse was? 
John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. <laughs> I I actually really like the twenty third Psalm as, okay, a, as sure. a kid. That was one of my that was one of my favorites to memorize. Right. I remember having to memorize that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I as I've as I've grown, I've you know, I was a I was a student in school, so like I re- a good student in school, so I tried to remember remember things. Okay. But something that I've gotten or that I've noticed that I'm pretty good at is I can remember the year that movies came out like exceptionally well I say exceptionally yeah I, I can remember especially ones that came out within my lifetime I could tell you the year it <laughs> right. came out just because there's memories associated with that movie sure. or something right and so right but then also for trivia's sake I'm pretty good at it okay so okay that's not necessarily something that I've had to go out of my way to but memorize. A, but again, we're talking about more or less within your lifetime. Like yeah. you're not going to tell me what year the Burbs came out. The Burbs that was probably 1997. No way. <laughs> it was. It was definitely an 80s movie. Yeah, I, Tom I, Hanks and I have never. I honestly have never heard of that. Movie. Exactly. Exactly. That's why. That's just the first one random one I could come up with. <laughs> oh man. Uh-huh. I, so so for me. Num- like I did memory verses, of mm-hmm. course, you know, through through growing up at, at church and everything. But numbers have always stuck with me. Yeah, like I can, and, and that's great. Being a baseball guy, that's great because oh, that's, yeah. there's lots that's, of numbers. You, you know, all these kinds of things. You know, big historical numbers like seven hundred and fourteen, and and you know the. Uh, 56 game hitting streak, uh, yeah. Joe DiMaggio, and you know all these numbers that are associated with baseball. But I also remember you know certain statistics from players, yeah. players I cared about, right, you know? right. Um, but numbers in general, just like I can remember the phone number that my sister had when she lived in Abilene, Texas. Oh, wow, that's and impressive. She, <laughs> and she only lived there for I want to say maybe four years. Okay, and that was also about. 30 years ago. So that's impressive. I I, I don't know why. I can't remember my my, my childhood home phone number. <laughs> so I know what it, I know what I know where mom and dad's they still have a landline, believe it or not. Right. Sure. Uh, and so I can remember that, but anything past that, no. Yeah, no. I mean I, I I can you know, of course our my childhood phone number because it was the same for 18 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I take that back. It wasn't the same. What am tell- I saying? You were telling me the they area had a code zip changed, code yeah. um, but uh, but then like I can I can still remember my my first girlfriend's phone number. Uh, yeah, no, and, and I don't. Actually, and it's just and that was a all of a you know two or three month relationship. So wow. I don't that imprinted on you. <laughs> I can't possibly have called it that many times, man, because I had to pay for it myself. Well, that that was a, whenever I was reading the notes for this, it was like in. There are so many things that happen when we are young that right. if, if, if it involves memory, it sticks with us. That's right. The thing that I have no doubt in my mind I will be able to remember how to do for the rest of my life is solve a Rubik's Cube. Solving uh, a Rubik's Cube. In, in, the yes. sixth, in the sixth grade, that consumed me. <laughs> that, is, that is all I did. And like you could hand me any mixed-up Rubik's Cube. And I'm 100% confident that unless unless it's been altered, I will right. be able to solve it. And it's just I drilled myself with the algorithm. I memorized the algorithm, and <laughs> I know it. And so, you know, I think the longest I've ever gone without solving a Rubik's Cube 
is probably six months. And then whenever I picked it up again, I was like, am I going to remember? And then it was right. like, it was like riding a bike. Yeah, know? sure, sure. Um, there are definitely things. Well, I remember when you interviewed here, that was a part of the Bible class you taught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it seems impressive to people who don't know how to solve it. Right. One of the reasons I know how to solve Rubik's Cube is because it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to a person who doesn't know that, it's just this m- mysterious thing. It's right. Like, oh, it's, yeah. I look at it and just like, no way. I'm I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Uh, Which I totally think you could do it, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, again, if it's an algorithm, that means there's numbers Mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. So if I can memorize numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's like that for for other things. (laughs) I I memorized card tricks and stuff. Sure. One One of the reasons that I like memorizing things like that is because it impresses people. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Whenever it I looks solve a, harder than it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> whenever I saw Rubik's Cube or do a magic trick, typically what happens is somebody's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And it's, it's fun to see somebody's face brighten up right. because of something that you're able to do. So, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's fun. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Well, so this week we are, are not talking about Rubik's Cubes or <laughs> memorizing anything. We, that was just kind of some... Some extra stuff here at the beginning. We're really talking about the question, am I a joyful person? And I'm not sure that we can answer that question unless first we decide what a truly biblical definition of joy is. So I think we need to start there. And one of the things that I I found is that joy itself is referred to over 200 times in our Bibles. You think of all the things that are referred to that much. You know, you know, of course, love and and God and Jesus, you know, all these things that are going to show up 200 plus times in our Bibles. And yet, I'm not sure that we talk about joy as often as we talk about the other things that, not at all. that are in the Bible that much. So... One of the challenges might be trying to narrow down what it means to be a joyful person and what real, genuine joy is. So I want us to look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, and I want us to to notice that here in this passage, in, in Galatians 5, we have the fruit of the Spirit. And this is... a a common go-to when we're talking about attitudes and mindsets that we need to have. And and we could, you know, you may have heard sermons preached on, you know, one at a time, one of the fruits of the Spirit, you, you know. and But the after love, which has priority mm-hmm. over the rest of them, of course, we find joy. And I think that the fact that it shows up here in this list of things that are more of a mindset than they are anything else, I think that tells us a lot about what joy really is. Yeah. Because joy is not dependent upon our circumstances. Not at all. Our circumstances can be horrible, but if we're a Christian and we understand what joy is, hopefully we won't feel horrible. Right, right, <laughs> uh, absolutely. When, whenever, Actually, whenever I interviewed for this job, uh, they made me preach a sermon, and <laughs> I got I got the opportunity to preach on joy. Okay. And in my sermon, I used an example, and I'm pretty sure I've used it multiple times, 
and I've only preached like uh, <laughs> a few times, but they, uh, it's my aunt and uncle, uh, Polly and Donnie, they had, or they still have them, <laughs> but whenever their son was a freshman in high school, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. Mm. And as a parent, I can't imagine what that is like. The, the fear, the worry, the, the uncertainty, like that would con- consume me. Oh yeah, definitely. And I know that Polly and Donnie, they probably, you know, struggled a little bit during that time. But from the outside, as I was observing them, all I saw was joy. Uh, I knew that because they they understood what they had with Christ, they understood what joy was, regardless of their situation, regardless of their circumstance, even though it was so horrible, they were still able to have joy. And that has been a huge encouragement to me. Whenever oh, I yeah. think of joy, those are the first two people that come to my mind. Right. And I, I hope everybody can can get to a level where they're like that. It's it, it's hard. <laughs> well, and, especially and, when you've got circumstances as dire as that. Sure, and and I think most of us though, like you said, whenever joy is brought up as a topic of conversation, I think a lot of us can think of people that we know that are examples to us of what mm-hmm. it really means to be joyful and what it really means to be able to be joyful no matter right. our circumstances. Right. Absolutely. Another another key reference to joy is found in Psalm 16:11. It says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore." So David was the writer here, and he was able to find joy in God. Right. Which sometimes we think joy can't exist whenever there's that bad stuff going on. And we know that that bad, if you know anything about David's story, <laughs> you know there was stuff that he did, stuff that happened to him that for a normal person might would make us turn away. <laughs> right, but exactly. Re- regardless of his situation, regardless of his circumstance, he knew that if he was in God there would be pleasures forevermore. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, really there's a lot of examples that we could go to in Scripture. David is certainly one who is able to be joyful, is able to put his trust in God. You know, I, I often also think of Paul and Silas in prison in Acts mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. You know, here they are, dire circumstances. They don't know what the next day is going to hold. They don't know if they're going to live or die or what. And here we are in the middle of the night in the darkest part, deepest part of this dungeon, prison, Mm -hmm. and what are they doing? Singing and praying. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's like... That's impressive. And and then from from the outside, from the the perspective of a Roman centurion who might have been guarding... (laughs) Right. Like, I'm I'm looking at them, I'm like, what is wrong with them? Right, what are they doing? like that? And the reason is because they have God. Absolutely. And in him there is joy. And I think that we see that, that this it potentially had an impact on the, the other prisoners mm-hmm. because when the earthquake comes and the doors are open and everything, everybody stays put. Yeah. And I'm not sure that happens if Paul and Silas aren't doing what they're <laughs> oh, doing. everybody's getting out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really, uh, once we have established what joy is and what joy can look like, I think the question that weighs on a lot of people's minds is, how do I get that? How do, how can I have that kind of joy 
in my life? Instead of just reacting to circumstances in my life, how do I have genuine joy? What do you think, Jackson? Well, the first place you can have genuine joy comes from Christ. First Peter 1 verses 8 and 9 uh, reads like this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I think this passage answers why Christians can be joyful regardless of situation. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, because they, they know whether the situation is good, whether the situation is bad, it is not going to compare at all to heaven. <laughs> right. And they get that. They get We get heaven because of the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ. That We forget that we're going to get that someday. And right. whenever we, we don't see the end goal and the joy that we're going to have because of that and the joy that we should have right now because we're going to get there, uh, when we forget that, that's when the... What what is the opposite of joy? Pessimism. Uh, <laughs> well, it's whenever whatever negativity. It, yeah, whenever <laughs> negativity, whatever the opposite of joy is, comes into our lives. Right. And so, it, it's important to keep that in mind that we we can have joy because we have salvation, regardless yes. of our situation. We have it. Right. Right. And and I think you know, keeping that in mind is go, is going to really help us to develop the mindset of joy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay if you are are listening to this today and you're thinking, "Boy, I am just not really a that that joyful of a person. Boy, what do I need to do right now? You know, I need to be a more joyful person tomorrow." And and it may not be that that easy. No. You know, this is uh, as with most of what we read in Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit, much of that is a process of becoming more and more joyful, not just snapping our fingers and saying, I'm going to be more joyful now. Well, that's, (laughs) I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now. Do I, do I love everybody perfectly? No. Am I I kind to everybody all the time? No. Am I self-controlled all the time? No. Joy is one of those things listed in the fruit of the Spirit that I'm not going to be all the time. It is something that I'm sure. going to have to continue to work on. Right, right. For some reason, I think we think that we have to be joyful all the time. We have to be <laughs> bubbly and bright. And I think there's a little bit of, you could have the discussion of the difference between happiness and, and joyfulness. Sure. Um, but ultimately, we have to understand that it is a process, that there are going to be times when <laughs> the weight of the world does pull us away. Exactly. And the opposite of whatever joy is takes over. Doesn't mean we have to stay there. And I think, you know, it starts with the reminder that our joy is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our joy is in the salvation of our souls that we we know that we can have, uh, regardless of what our, what our circumstances may be. And and then from a, from a real more practical perspective, I think that Joy is a product of being more grateful for what we have in this life. Yeah. Finding ways to count our blessings. It's finding ways to 
focus on how great it is to have God in our lives and be blessed by Him. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18 is a verse that comes to my mind is because it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what, what your troubles are, no matter what difficulties you're facing, you have something to be thankful for. Yeah. Uh, starting with what we have in Jesus mm-hmm. and, and then going from there, you have a lot to be thankful for. But give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I think that when we remember just how incredibly blessed we are, it's going to help us to not focus on the negatives of life. Absolutely. I can't remember when I heard this. It's been years, but there was a study done and it was talking about the perspective that Americans have versus a country in Scandinavia somewhere. I'm wanting to say it was Norway. Okay. And I don't, you, I don't know that you can measure joy <laughs> or, or, or contentment, maybe. Okay. But one of the one of the things that was found was it seems like Americans aren't as happy as other countries. Sure. And yeah. the the conclusion was because we always want more. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, okay. we're chasing that American dream and we we think that we need more and what we have isn't enough and because of that we're focusing on what we don't have which is a negative thought process. Absolutely. And it's so easy for us to forget that we shouldn't be thinking like that. Right. Right. So being more grateful for what we do have rather than focusing on what we don't have. Yeah. I want to I want to be known as the country that is the best at being joyful. Man. Like, <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> We'd have to see some major like, changes. Like I, think. I know America's competitive, so like let's just <laughs> let's just win at that. Guys. There you go. There you go. Yeah, um, that's great. The so if we focus on what is good in our lives, the blessings that we have, and it helps us avoid the negatives, just like what I was saying. If we do right. the opposite, we've got we've got some problems. So if we were to just spend less time complaining, less time griping the more joyful we are going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so I think quit, so. Quit complaining about your your my, my car's oil is being changed right now. Quit complaining about your new car <laughs> needing an oil change. You have a new car. <laughs> right, right, there you go. <laughs> Philippians, Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. When we do that... <laughs> Our if pers- we do that, if we do that <laughs> our perspective can shift into such a joyful manner. Right. There's a this this recently we had a uh, we had an event where we were helping uh, mothers uh, with their cars. We we were yes. Uh, if there's one thing that I am not good at or enjoy doing is cleaning. But we had this event and. I knew that if I if I came to this event and I was mumbly and grumbly and complaining, that would make me dread the the few hours that I would be working. Sure. And so I I knew that, and so I came to the event, and I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have that mindset. And instead, I I smiled, <laughs> <laughs> which you know the 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 power of a smile is a great thing. 
But on top of that, I, I worked hard without, without grumbling. And I could see how that affected myself. I saw how that affected the person I was working with. And, sure. and on, on top of that, they, they weren't grumbling. They were, they were happy to be, I, I think right. they were happy to be there. Right. <laughs> and so this, this non-complaining work atmosphere, time flew by. I, I recognized that what I was doing was to the benefit of somebody in need. Yes. And like, I want to do it again. Right. <laughs> because right. I saw how good it was. And it so easily could have been something that I could have complained about. It could have been so easily something that I dreaded. But because I came to the perspective, or I came into it with a perspective of joy, it just it just made the experience so much better. And I think that's uh, something that we have to ask ourselves in those six situations where we are tempted to gripe and complain is, you know, is this going to accomplish anything? Yeah. Uh, because almost always the answer is no. no. It's not going to actually no. accomplish anything. It makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, do we do we spend more time trying to think of ways to combat the complaining and arguing and, and griping? And, um, and, and I think that'll make such a difference in our daily lives. Absolutely. This, this event that I'm talking about, it's a it it was sort of like a culmination of of several things that we've talked about in our podcast before having a, a am i barnabas was something right. that I, I thought about somebody that was encouraging you yeah um, absolutely and and so surrounding yourself with, with fellow brothers and sisters to do this thing to do these things and then and then today's episode like everybody that that was there that was serving there's a lot of joy that comes from serving that we right we <laughs> If if we if we remembered that, man, we would serve all the time. Uh, but there there was just so much joy. It was it was a it was an awesome thing. It was an awesome thing. Absolutely. So I think the the last thing that comes to my mind is to help us be more joyful when we spread it more. When we spread joy. When we are having interactions and thinking of ways to shine the light of joy into people's lives? Are you giving people reasons to have faith and hope in Jesus? Are you giving people reasons to count their blessings? Or are you constantly griping and complaining and going to the same people and only having negative things to say, you know, that sort of thing? And I think that's, that's a challenge for us sometimes because sometimes we... We only bring up negative uh, complaints with certain people, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, leadership in the church. You know, do you ever talk to the leaders of the church with about anything other than something, some complaint you have? Right. Uh, Do you ever encourage them and and thank them? Um, You're you're the people that help you with the groceries at the grocery store, you know, uh, do you ever thank them for the help that they're giving you or do you only even speak to them if there's something wrong, you know, that sort of thing. And I think the more we are intentional about spreading joy Mm -hmm. and, and sharing that joy with people, the more we are going to increase our own joy. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that we have to be mindful of. Absolutely. So Jackson, what do you think? How do you? How do people answer this question? Am I a joyful person? Well, if you're a Christian, I hope you answer the question. Yes, I'm joyful. 
like I said earlier, it's not something that you're going to be perfect at. I'm not perfect at it. Right. Um, but I hope you're able to to practice it. And, and when you start to complain, when you start to gripe about something that you you think, I, I don't think I don't think this is what I need to do. I think I need <laughs> to find a find a silver lining somewhere. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and and try to be joyful. That sounds great. Well, we are are thankful. We are grateful. We are joyful that you are listening <laughs> to this week's episode. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. We hope that as you've been getting ready for your week or whatever it is you've been doing while listening to this, we hope we've benefited you in some way, helping you to grow in your faith, especially helping you to grow in your identity as a follower of Jesus. We pray that you have a blessed day and a blessed week. Thank you.